Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Welcome to the Empowered Hormones Podcast. This is episode 47, Nutrition Hacks and How to Swap Supplements for Food. So today we're talking about simple nutrition hacks that can help you get your vitamins and minerals out of your food and not just out of your supplements. So before we jump in, I just want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my Gut Hormone Workshop, which is just $9. You can find it on my website, so www.sheridandecker.com or my Instagram, Sheridan underscore functional nutrition. Um, and just jump in, have a look because what I find with a lot of women is they don't understand the connection between their gut and hormones. So we know that our hormone balance is really delicate, but we don't always understand that the reason we may have a hormone imbalance is because A, we're not getting enough nutrients and vitamins out of our food, um, or we've got a lot of digestive stress, uh, or we're not pooping daily, which can cause excess estrogen in our body as well. So I want you to jump over, have a look at this workshop, um, jump on, sign up and watch the workshop, join in, have a look and just start to get your head around what actually is happening with your gut and hormones and why is there such a connection there. Now today we're looking at simple nutrition hacks that can help get your vitamins and your minerals out of your food and I find this really important because I have obviously been on quite a long health journey and over those years I have spent as many of you have thousands and thousands on different supplements different nutrition things different food hacks different superfoods um, all yeah all in the namesake of you know improving my health and at the start it was my digestive health so it took a couple years to find someone who actually did the functional testing because I didn't know that was a thing and if you haven't listened to my early episodes on why I became a functional nutritionist and what that actually means and how functional testing helped me get to the root cause then I encourage you to do so because I think it's really important to have that understanding of where I come from when I'm educating and empowering you and you know how much functional testing has changed my life and my health but what you do find is when you do this intensive GI map or Dutch comprehensive hormone testing you then are presented with a lot of information about your body uh, and prior to doing the testing I yeah I had tried lots of different protocols uh, for different to things that were going on in my gut uh, I was a bit of guessing um, but also same with hormones like I had the acne and then I had missing periods and I was like do I just take a heap of Vitex or you know what am I doing for my acne is it just a whole heap of zinc um, and you just end up taking all these things to try and counterbalance what you think is going on with your body which can be really tricky because like I said you are guessing so unless you're working with a qualified health 
professional who really knows what's going on. So I find in my six week program, the gut health solution, I can help a lot of those women because I have seen so many functional tests now that I start to have a really good idea of what your symptoms are saying. But in saying that, um, there is no, there is no yeah, replication for good testing because it is going to give you that next in-depth information because, you know, fatigue, what is fatigue really saying? Is it saying there's a blood sugar imbalance? Is it saying there's cortisol dysregulation? Is it saying there's low testosterone? Is it saying, you know, that uh, cortisol, your stress hormone is low? Is it saying there's adrenal fatigue like what what is actually going on with fatigue when you present with fatigue and that's why I think it's so important to understand that a full thyroid panel or you know doing comprehensive blood testing as well or you know your in-depth hormone testing or your stool testing is going to give you a lot more data on your body now whether you've done testing or not there is a different role that supplements play for everyone so if you've done comprehensive stool testing and you know that there's parasites and bacteria overgrowths and candida or yeast and you're trying to rebalance these things in your microbiome supplements definitely play a really really important role here and for me it was really overwhelming when i first started using binders and detoxing herbs and um, anti-parasitic herbs and you know these different things that are go well they're really really important and digestive enzymes and um, vitamins to support your hormone balance and vitamins to support your adrenals and all these kinds of things and they were really really important at the time but to get a list of like 10 different supplements I was like ah where do I start what do I take there's so many things and I see that all the time in my one-on-one -on -one clients when they go oh there's so much stuff and I go I know but remember it's a protocol it's not for life it's just to get through rebalance this microbiome get you feeling better so that you can actually absorb your nutrients from your food because what I'm going to talk to you today some real nutrient dense foods that I want to see you incorporate into your life but you do need to remember if there's dysbiosis or overgrowths it's going to be really hard to get those nutrients out of your food especially if there's SIBO so small intestinal bacteria overgrowth or if you have damaged um, your intestinal wall then, or if your body is in a stress state, it's going to struggle to actually absorb those those nutrients. So that's where that role of yeah, supplements can help to rebalance the microbiome. Um, but also, yeah, just understanding that your body has to be able to absorb. And that goes back to that old saying, um, what you eat, you um, what you absorb. So you know, food, the other thing is, is that our food quality can suck in a lot of areas. So for some people, you know, daily nutrient supplementation is totally necessary because you can't get that nutrient quality out of your food. Um, you know, and for others, maybe when you're traveling or you're sick or you're overcoming an infection, that's the only time you really need to supplement. So it does vary. And my supplement load has decreased heaps, you know, as I've gotten healthier and better because I've always also learn more and more about nutrition as I go and what the real foods are and what these real foods those nutrient dense foods are because you've got to understand I come from a very restricted dieting background where my focus was a lot of leafy greens and almond milks and nuts and seeds and things which I thought you know were all healthy and it's not that they're unhealthy unless they've got poor quality ingredients in them but they're not as nutrient dense as your oysters and your liver and you know your organic dairy and 
those foods which contain a lot more of your you know your fat soluble vitamins and things that I definitely was not eating enough of I wasn't eating butter because I didn't want the extra fat as such but I would happily eat you know a lot of peanut butter or almond butter or nuts or seeds so I was prioritizing the wrong foods but I was also really really heavily prioritizing leafy greens which are great but when you've got a you know a stressed digestive system but also even in a general digestive system they're just not as nutrient dense as animal foods and that's kind of the bottom line here is that you've got to look at it and go okay what am I getting out of each of these foods and if you're wondering log your food intake on chronometer or my fitness pal and start to have a look at what's actually in these foods or jump onto google and have a bit of a compare per 100 grams or five grams and look at the nutrient density of them so a food and i'll go into it in more detail but a food like your butter or your liver or your oysters you don't need as much of because it's so nutrient dense so that's the other thing it's not just about what nutrients are in them it's about the density of those nutrients as well so we know that you know gut health is vital for a healthy body so if you have a lot of these food allergies like i just said before you may have issues absorbing the vitamins and minerals in your food so again low nutrient absorption is no different than eating a low nutrient rich diet so we need to understand that both of these will have metabolic issues and systemic issues around the gut so like i said the first thing i want you to take out of this is that if you have gut issues work on your gut health first as that first step of healing so that looks like you know working with your healthcare practitioner consuming lots of bone broth and gelatin collagen easy to digest sugars uh, your coconut oil your raw carrots or your raw carrots carrot salad like I talked about in the last episode removing some of those starches um, that may be hard to digest again I jumped into that last time sorry eating small frequent meals um, along with your stress reduction so that should be the focus of your healing protocol once you've done those basics and foundations then we can go and go you know dive deep into adding in enough of these you know a little bit more starchier foods and things so the other thing i want you to think about is due to the stimulating effects on increasing metabolism things like caffeine you need to be really careful with when adding them back into your diet as well because you will burn through more nutrients so if you're trying to increase the nutrient density or the vitamin density of your diet have a look at your metabolic rate as well and go okay if i'm drinking a lot of caffeine if i'm exercising a lot if i'm really stressed i'm going to burn through more nutrition and you're going to end up with more nutritional deficiency so if you're someone who has a couple coffees a day you're high wired you're doing all the things uh, you've got to understand that you're going to burn through more nutrients than someone who is sedentary, you know, pretty chilled, doesn't drink caffeine or coffee. So there's no extra stimulus on that metabolism. So this is why we look for uh, foods that are high in nutrients, such as, you know, your raw milk or your oysters, your liver, your cooked vegetables, foods, bone broth, eggs, and, you know, even things like your dark chocolate can be um, really metabolically supportive as well. There's a really great book called How to Heal Your Metabolism by Kate Deering, which I recommend you follow Kate Deering on Instagram. Uh, she writes a lot about Ray Pete's work and looks at supporting 
your metabolism through healing food and how we need what we call a strong host so a strong body and often in my one-on-ones if we've done a gi map we'll often go back and go okay let's spend a bit of time strengthening your body first before we go in and try to remove these parasites and things because if you're the host so if you're not strong enough to get rid of blastocystis hominis or candida or SIBO or any of these bacterial overgrowths it's pointless doing a really really hard protocol on your body because your body's just not ready to push these things out and to detox these things and that was a big mistake I made in the beginning when I saw some practitioners and they popped me on quite um, strict regimented protocols but my body wasn't ready it took me a couple rounds to get rid of blasto because simply my immune response was so low and I was so stressed and I was under eating and there wasn't a focus on nutrient density and that's the other thing you need to find a practitioner who also focuses on that food aspect because it is so important and I know a lot of practitioners will go very heavy on the supplements which is really great um, because they're really supporting the certain areas but you need to also be getting enough calories eating regularly and have a healthy diet to also be able to heal so I've taken a lot of supplements over my time supplements for hormones uh, for skin for digestion when I'm stressed so things to calm my adrenal glands and honestly I could never say oh, I took that one thing and that's what really worked for me there is no one thing and someone said to me the other day well, what did you do to get your period back what supplements did you take and I said you know what I couldn't even say on here and that it was the supplements it was the stress reduction it was reducing my exercise it was putting on body fat and sitting in that uncomfortable state where I didn't feel like me but it was doing those things, reducing, you know, the, the overwhelm of work and stress and just stepping back and working less hours a day and being okay to ask other people to do things in my business that allowed me to get my period back. They were the big things. It, it definitely wasn't the Vitex and the B6 which supported progesterone because there's nothing, there was no progesterone to support. I simply wasn't ovulating and I didn't for, you know, five, six, seven years properly. So there, there is no, <laughs> there is no quick fix, just like medication. And the thing with supplements and herbs as well is you do need to remember that they do work over months. They're not like, you know, not like Panadol you take and your headache tends to disappear. Vitex, you don't take it and your progesterone's high. It doesn't work like that. It works over months. And it's the same with removing bacterial pathogens. Most people know who've worked with me one-on-one know that you know we're looking at 30 to 60 to 90 days for different things and I kind of work in those time frames because nothing's in weeks normally and also you know nutrition is not doing as much before as well so where where supplements step in and maybe it is your activated B vitamins and things or you know your selenium or your iodine if you've got thyroid imbalances we also need to remember that our nutrition isn't as I guess dense is probably maybe the word I'm looking for as it used to be like I look at my grandma and how she's always eaten whole foods but she's eating them all out of her garden as well she grows everything from scratch you know I don't grow a <laughs> I don't grow a thing <laughs> and what I do grow often dies because I get busy doing other things uh, so that's really really important to understand as well where is your food coming from are you sourcing it from the market so you're sourcing it from your local farmer or are you 
buying it from Woolies or Coles where it has sat there for a while as well. So it's, you know, and what conditions were they grown in and how nutrient dense was the soil? Because obviously the quality of the fruit and vegetable is going to come out of the mineral quality of the soil as well. And that's exactly like us as humans, you know, we need those minerals just as much as those plants and veggies do to grow. So again, if our GI tract, if our large intestine, small intestine are not absorbing nutrients, where are we going to get them from? Okay, so if we're thinking about, you know, increasing the nutrient density of our food and go, okay, well, my digestion is pretty good now. Where can I get, you know, these nutrients out of my food so I don't feel like I need to be taking so many supplements? And animal source like i said of protein is always going to be superior to these vegetable sources of protein due to their nutritional bioavailability and also again it's that nutrient density how much kale do you need to eat to get what you can get out of other things as well so it's it's looking at the serving sizes and the amounts and going okay how can i just nail down and what nutrient dense foods can i slowly start to add in so maybe i don't need to take that vitamin c all the time that b vitamin and what is the quality of these vitamins as well because so often we pop these pills without thinking about wait a second these are synthetic so where have they come from and what's the brand like what's you know you you need to be making sure just as much as with your food just like buying you know a cheap cut of meat that you know compared to your organic free-range chicken you've got to go okay well what's is there antibiotics and how's it been raised what's the quality of the muscle meat going to be like as well it's like your eggs cage to free range again your supplements are the same they have a quality bias as well so let's go into some of these nutrient dense foods so beef liver <laughs> is the king okay um one for one so beef liver contains more bioavailable nutrients than any other food on this planet so it's really high in vitamin a b's and copper okay it does also contain vitamin a d and k but it's definitely king for its b vitamins and that's your b1 2 3 5 6 9 and 12 so b12 is a big one i see people deficient in so it's really important if you know you're low in b12 that you're adding in that beef liver okay it also contains copper zinc selenium and iron now some people don't like the taste of liver or don't like pate uh, so they do add in a desiccated liver supplement which is a great place to start but if you can have it in its whole food form like anything aiming that 100 to 150 grams a week is going to be great uh, so making up some pate and having you know a tablespoon a day on your sourdough on your carrot sticks or something like that is a really great place to start otherwise you can pan fry it up and add it through um, meatloaves or meatballs or those kinds of things and hide it in foods as such uh, there is some different ways on the net um, about reducing the because beef liver is really strong so maybe start with chicken if you find beef liver too strong but there is uh, nutritionists out there who talk about soaking it in milk first for a couple hours and then um, draining the milk and then cooking it up and making your pate out of that and it pulls some of that strongness of the flavor out of it the other food I want to touch on is oysters. So as far as nutritional density is concerned, oysters are pretty close to beef liver. So 
Other shellfish are also great, but oysters are really, really key on zinc, okay? And I tell that to a lot of my clients that if you want to get your zinc intake, please aim for 6 to 12 oysters a week. Um, personally, for me, I just get a tin of the Woolworth Smoke Oysters um, that are in spring water, and I just make sure I have them one meal a week, okay? So... I find it easiest to have them, you can just have them on crackers and stuff because they are smoked, but I find it easiest to have a little bit of butter and fry up, um, might be some sweet potato or potato, a few peas or some onion, garlic, so a few veggies, fry them up in a pan, then add my oysters through it, so it's got um, the other flavours through it, a bit of garlic or onion, or if you're uh, avoiding FODMAPs, then a bit of garlic infused oil, just to add a little bit more flavour to them, but like I said, you can just pop them through a salad or eat them um, as is as well. If you don't like oysters, there are there is a brand called Mito Life which uh, uses uh, oysters and has desiccated oysters supplements as well. Uh, so some people find that that's an easier way to take them. The other food that is really <laughs> important, and I know this is a controversial one, but dairy. So dairy is a great source of carbs, fats, and protein, but again, it's about the quality of it. So where does it come from? Um, is it organic? Is it um, raw? Is it, you know, how has it been treated? What's the quality? So you need to think about that as well. And if you do struggle with FODMAPs, then start with your low lactose forms of dairy, like a little bit of hard cheese, and see how you go from there. But dairy contains a lot of vitamin A, uh, D, B2, B5, B12, but also your calcium, um, potassium, phosphorus and zinc as well so it is quite a nutrient dense food again uh, i had years off dairy because i thought it was aggravating my acne and my dermatitis but it was actually more of a hormone imbalance so much uh, it never gave me digestive issues whereas some people it really did it would go straight through them um, and they would struggle to break down the lactose so again that just comes down to the strength of your digestive system and making sure that you can, you know, digest this food properly. Um, and again, that bacteria balance is a big one as well. So it may be wise to start on low FODMAP forms of dairy and work your way up from there. Vegan, vegetarian obviously will um, avoid dairy, but you do need to think about the fact that, okay, what am I swapping it with? So those nut milks, um, check the ingredient list in them because a lot of them have sunflower oils or canola oils or carrageens or things in them that you don't particularly want to be putting in your body. So like anything, I always carry on, please check the ingredients list uh, to ensure that it's clean quality ingredients and also understanding that you don't want to be having too many polyunsaturated fatty acids which is for another whole podcast but you know too many nuts and seeds also can be quite inflammatory in the body and anyone who's done uh, autoimmune protocol autoimmune diet will understand that as well knowing that you know we we do try to limit our intake of nuts and seeds i wouldn't class them as a bad food but i would just say well they can contain a lot of anti-nutrients and be harder in your body to break down as well if you can't digest dairy then uh, digestive enzymes can be supportive, but also you need to think about the why. So 
am I that low in nutrients that I just don't have the digestive power to break these things down? Do I have imbalances in my gut? And it goes all the way back to what I said at the start. Let's get your digestion happy first. Eggs are really great as well. So they are similar to beef liver and nutritional value, just a little bit less of each of these um, vitamins and minerals. So they got vitamin A, D, K, they got a range of your Bs in there. Uh, but also got copper, zinc, selenium, and iron as well. So depends on your protein intake, but I like to aim for around three eggs a day because I'm trying to hit those a little bit higher protein. Um, and it's really, really important to understand that the egg yolks are also what contain all these beautiful vitamins and minerals, um, as opposed to the whites, which is where we're getting our protein from. Bone broth, so gelatinous bone broth is really good for balancing amino acids of other protein sources. So it's really rich in glycine and proline, um, but also glucosamine, magnesium, potassium, calcium, and sodium. So I like the Jevity bone broth brand because it's easy to mix into things, but you can make bone broth from scratch, which is really delicious and beautiful. Again, it's really, really um important in those healing phases of the diet as well because it's got a lot of healing properties that can be good for an inflamed or leaky gut lining so and like i've spoke about before in kate steering's book healing the metabolism um, and there are other scientific research into it but we look at that balance of the amino acids so if you're having a lot of muscle meats like chicken or turkey or beef you do need to balance out that amino acid profile as well Speaking of meat, <laughs> our grass-fed meats, uh, which have a lot of connective tissue, um, so we call that, you know, their own gelatin. Like if you slow cook beef cheeks or oyster blade or, you know, lambs often quite rich in as well, they create that nice gelatinous, so we see it go, um, I don't want to describe this, I've got my hands going everywhere, but that, um, yeah, jelly-like stuff when it gets cold. So you'll see that, you know, even in your beef shank, um, flank, those kinds of things, you'll see they, when they go cold, you can see that um, gelatinous fat kind of, jelly-like on the top, um, which is really, really fit, rich in those healing properties that you need, but also contains a lot of B6, B12, zinc, selenium, phosphorus, iron, magnesium, sodium, calcium, glycine, proline. So these are types that I cook in my slow cooker to get that deliciousness out of them. Um, often I'll do that as part of my weekly meal prep so that I can, you know, even if I just pop a bit of chuck steak in with some garlic or onions like that cook and then it cooks in its own juices which I can then shred apart um, and I can divvy it up over my week as well. Uh, B6 does need a special attention here because your B vitamins play a really vital role in energy metabolisms. Um, so without enough of your B vitamins, your metabolism will start to slow down. So this is really, really important as we know that B6 helps make antibodies, so it's really important for a healthy immune system. It does support your dopamine production as well, um, which can get blocked if you've had a look at your Dutch comprehensive hormone test. You can start to understand what's going on with that there. Um, it does also help to regulate blood sugar, and that's one of the biggest issues I see in the women that I work with is the imbalanced blood sugar. 
levels, um, but it also supports healthy progesterone levels as well. So we find B6 in chicken, eggs, liver, meat, actually bananas and carrots as well. Um, but again, check with your healthcare practitioner if you are supplementing with B6, because in too high doses, it can cause some issues as well. B7 biotin, so we actually need this for uh, cell growth, for metabolism of your fats and amino acids. Um, it also helps the body store liver glycogen and supports hair and nail growth. So if you're not storing your um, glycogen level, your glycogen in your liver, so this is why we talk about storing glucose in our liver overnight, and that's why we eat within you know 30 minutes of waking, um, because your body's obviously in a fasted state. If you don't have enough biotin, you may wake during the night because you're not storing that glycogen well. So your liver should be storing that energy as such for you overnight. Um, but if you're waking up and sometimes people wake up hungry, then you're not storing that glycogen very well. So again, add more egg yolks and liver into your diet. B9 folate, we talk about quite a bit. So that's repair formulation of DNA, production of your healthy red and white blood cells. It's really important in helping break down homocysteine, which again is a topic for a whole nother podcast. But I know there's a lot of women who speak of higher homocysteine um, issues as well. And also works tightly with B12 for that intestinal mucosa. So low... B9, which is our folate, um, can cause in a few different issues, but usually um, oxygenation or anemia. So adding in liver, egg yolks, dairy, meat and seafood are all going to be really, really important for that as well. And we all know the role that folate plays in pregnancy too. And then the last B vitamin that I want to touch in as part of this episode is B12. So B12, like I said earlier, is really commonly deficient um, in women, especially because I see a lot of women who don't actually eat enough protein over the day as well, which can cause some of these issues. Um, but ensuring that you're having a source of protein at breakfast, lunch, dinner, but also in your snacks to balance that blood sugar. And we really need that B12 for that brain and nervous system function. Um, anyone who's supplement with B12, I'm laughing because my friends start taking B12 supplements. She was like sucking on them because often they're sublingual. So I like to get them absorbed through the mouth rather than the digestive tract. And she noticed such an increase in her energy because they are needed for cellular metabolism. Um, but yeah, yeah, when you start taking them, often you can see a real um, increase in your energy from them as well. Um, if you have gut issues, uh, often we see a decrease in B12 absorption because it is being blocked. Um, but also some people actually have an issue in creating the protein produced by cells in the stomach, which is called intrinsic factor, which is needed for B12 absorption. So there can be... Uh, more autoimmune type conditions going on in there um, and if we don't have enough B12 then we start to see um, anemia and we start to see issues with iron as well so I think that covers most of the main points I want to talk about today so just understanding that one working your digestive issues first two think about metabolism nutrition what is the nutrition density of your food 
Three, yeah, are you absorbing those nutrients that are coming out of your food? Are you taking supplements that are poor in quality and therefore are probably not things that you even want to be supplementing with? So start to swap things around for real food sources, slowly introduce them and see how you go. Um, and just monitor, like I say with everything, monitor your symptoms, but also do a real double take on those supplements, on the quality on them and also what you can be getting out of real food instead. So I hope, hope that was helpful. Please remember to subscribe and leave me a review. I would be very, very appreciative. Um, if you can share an episode on Instagram or tag me when you are listening, that's super, super helpful as well because it helps share to others and it helps show me when you're listening and let me know your takeaways or what you're getting out of each episode and have a great day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.